0: Idy ho, merinos. Welcome back to Nervous (laughs) Rex, a Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast that's 50% rewatch, 50% first-time watch, and 100% joined by a guest. That's good. What's up? My name is Joe, and since the last time we recorded, I've started going by he,
1: they pronouns, and I'm also joined, as always, by Chris. I'm Chris, I use he, him pronouns, and I'm joined by Jay. I know how to segue this time.
0: Yeah!
2: Whoa! Fuck, I wasn't ready. Oh, God. Hi, I'm Jay, I use he, they pronouns, and I'm sorry for snorting over the intro. I was just very proud of my friend Joe for doing (laughs) that with a straight
1: face. Yeah, we bullied them into saying uh, whatever they said instead of the real intro. (laughs) Yeah, I'm this is gamers. welcome
0: welcome to Rebuild of Nervous Rex. We're changing things up this time. Now Shinji's a gamer.
2: This continues my my, my train of bullying people into saying things about being gamers. <laughs>
1: it's this a good is bit. This my
2: new life's calling. It's a good bit.
1: Can we listen to this? Like, oh wow, I can really feel Suramaki's influence on this episode of the podcast. It's much different <laughs> from when Anna was doing it. A <laughs> <laughs> very good bit. Uh,
2: Suramaki loves gamers? Yeah. That's strange. I wouldn't have guessed that,
1: honestly. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more fan service cuz they keep talking about gamers. Tangentapa gamerino laga. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and there goes all of our listener base. Uh hello everyone. <laughs> we took a month off from talking about uh Evangelion directly. Uh hope y'all enjoyed the Gunbuster Diebuster episodes we might be referring back to them a couple times in the in the coming rebuild episodes, but it's time to to go home again much like uh, Hideaki Ano did in the year 2007 Well, technically 2006 But this film, uh, Evangelion 1.0 You, what is it? You, uh, you are not alone You are not alone You are not, in parentheses, not alone uh, Came out uh, September 2007 uh, 10 years after End of Evangelion 12 years since the show or- originally ran uh, We watched it And uh, this is now the podcast about it
2: Okay here we are <laughs> welcome to
0: the podcast
2: welcome to the podcast yeah I, I if you have talking points to start off with start right off uh i, I do, do we i was gonna say i i don't want to be the one to ask this because i'm the guest but do we want to do a recap when this is largely similar to yes. the original um
0: thing? G- excellent question don't have an answer for it uh, Great. I i do like I, I have a couple different things swirling around my mind i do think this is Probably going to be the weirdest episode of the podcast for for exactly those reasons, uh, much more so than, than the later rebuild films. but yeah, it is it's extreme. it's you know almost uh, a perfect remake of the first six episodes. Um, but I think what I, I find interesting about this is you know I uh, rewatching the show you know now a year ago when we started we watched the first six episodes. there was a lot of things I was picking up on my second time seeing it, and I'm really curious, Chris. Uh what yes. your experiences were seeing things um obviously it's not exactly the same as the first six episodes for a handful of reasons that we will uh talk about, but like the things that were the same, I'm really curious what um what Chris you were you were digging into and how it was to revisit it. Um but uh as far as like I don't know if you if we want to do a brief plot recap, it is essentially a the plot of the first six episodes in an hour and forty minutes, and there are some changes and details that we will uh i think bring up but um
1: i feel like the most important thing to do in terms of like recapping and prepping people for this is really just to like tell them like you know like w- where the story like ends like what what part of the show this leaves sure. off on sure and, yeah and what was all the changes everything that's different yeah. is probably <clears throat> worth recapping everything else maybe not
0: uh all right so i i'll I'll start it, and then y'all can chime in if I miss anything and you think anything else is important to add in yeah, uh, let's do it. but uh so the first six episodes of the anime is the first three angels that Shinji fights there's some changes in presentation. essentially, the first 20 minutes of this film are our introduction to Shinji, him getting in the robot, and we see his fight right away. There's no like cliffhanger where he knocks out. We see Ava uh, unit01 go berserk without any like. Like, all chronologically as it happens. Uh, So that's, like, the first set piece is that fight. uh, And then we kind of go through the plot of him, like, being inducted into Nerve. Uh, He tries to leave. He comes back uh, because he gets punched by Toji, uh, which we all remember. And uh, the running away section is a little different. Mainly, he doesn't uh, talk to Kinsuke. Uh, He just kind of... I actually kind of find it interesting that the reason he stops is because, like the road he's walking on is destroyed from the action, the the fighting of the angel. Um and then he's just like, I wanna go back, and then suddenly everyone's there because they've been following him the whole time. Uh nerve, that is, like nerve agents. Yeah. Uh and so so then he fights this uh you know, his second angel, uh which is the weird tongue one. Uh at this point I I'll say that like there is some there's the there's some differences in the angels right away because the numbering is different. They're all up by one. So the first angel that shinji fights is now the uh fourth angel instead of the third if my math is correct
1: yeah, yeah that sounds that, right yeah.
0: um so that's like a tiny change right away also our f- I, I think it's brilliant the first shot of this movie is a fucking beach <laughs> like that's <Yep. laughs> i love that cuz obviously yeah. everyone watching this like you know we're coming to this 10 years after end of evangelion um yeah. but so Tokyo 3 is also different right away it's got a lot of like A a red sea in it, and a lot more destroyed buildings already. Yeah. Uh, Also, when Shinji destroys the or defeats the angels, they don't leave corpses behind. They explode in like mountain, like huge gushes of blood. Um, Which (laughs) I thought. Sorry, you said
2: mountain. I thought you were gonna say Mountain Dew. Me too.
0: Yes. Also, yeah, they exploded Mountain Dew. It's it's a great (laughs) callback to the Fanta and end of Evangelion. Dory loves it.
2: Brand synergy, truly.
0: Yeah, so we get a lot less time with Toji and Kensuke, but they are still like uh on the field when Shinji fights uh his second fight. They are still let into uh the cockpit of unit 01. And then the back half of the movie is is really about uh Rei, or not really, but like she she's there. It's it's those episodes from the original show. So, um, you know, he Shinji starts to to notice her and see like, "Oh, she smiles for my dad. My dad smiles for her." And we get the flashback again of the test that went wrong where gendo like tears her out of the the pod this i mean what what else really happens before the final set they piece? have the
2: whole awkward bedroom encounter from the that's show it. and everything
0: that's it that's basically exactly the same yeah. um yep. and with the exception of a rainbow in the scene i don't, I don't know if y'all have takes on the rainbow but we can get into that uh there's a couple rainbows in this movie for some reason uh, and then there's a couple extra conversations with Masato and uh, Ritsuko in Nerve that I think are, are interesting. Maybe I just yeah, forget one them their, from the original. and
1: one of their butts are cold. Yes,
0: yeah, because they Masato's complaining about the Marie doing some transportation thing because her, her butt is cold on the seat. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we see Shinji move in. Uh, meets Pen Pen. Uh, still the very funny scene where he's uh naked. Oh, lots of Doritos. This uh yeah. rebuild yeah. rebuild has a uh, uh you know, promotions in it now. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, oh yeah.
0: We're in that age of, never, of, of Ava.
2: Never forget the shit ad.
0: Yeah. And then the the final set piece of this movie is uh, based around our favorite boy Ramiel, who is uh a little different this time. He it, i think it's I think it's very effective, but uh because he is now a CG model, he can change into like a million different fucking shapes when he when when it, i don't know ramiel's pronouns but they shoot uh these big laser beams and it still you know fucks up shinji when he tries to go out to fight it uh then they come up with their plan or rather masato comes up with a plan to borrow this very fancy positron rifle uh borrow all the power from the from japan and shoot it at at ramiel at the right moment and rey is on uh protective duty um the scene uh, I know I'm skipping around the scene with Ray, where she talks about how she's her the Ava is her, her connection to everyone, and it's the only thing she has to do is still there, which I think is good. Um a big change is Masato convinces Shinji to get in the robot by showing him uh, central dogma and Lilith. yep, that opens like at six hundred questions. That's probably gonna be the most of this episode, but I'll save that for after I finish the recap. Uh, a lot of different visuals, like where like uh, Shinji isn't um or rather Ava 01 shinji in the robot isn't on like a mountain anymore it's like a building that's made or not not made for this but like he's on a a, a structure that's like a building um with the rifle propped up on it he hits ramiel the first time but it doesn't like finish it a lot of blood goes everywhere but it lives uh it shoots and shinji like barely lives and then uh ray steps in to protect it shinji shoots again it succeeds and then uh he he gets her out of the the pod again like uh, it happened in the show before. He also says you should smile, which is still weird to me. And what I like about that—that's different—is he takes out the the progressive knife to like actually rip the pod out of Unit Zero, which is I think a nice detail versus the original.
2: It's a really cool visual. It's 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 like impromptu
1: surgery. Yeah, it's cool. And then there's like a, there's like a cool like cross visual visual, which you know I don't know loves, but like w- when he like uses the knife, there's like weird like cross lasers coming out of it. I was like, what the fuck is that?
0: yeah 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 yeah. it's uh uh yeah so that's and then you know that that ending goes essentially the same another tiny detail is we, we see a little bit more of Gendo talking to Fiyutsuki than we did in the original six episodes just by virtue of uh this time Anno knows where the story's going or at least a little bit more I I wonder that's how right. much uh like 3.0 and 4.0 he knew at this moment in time but yeah, so they talk about how there's uh six angels left they have to defeat, which is a significantly smaller number than originally in the Dead Sea Scrolls or the, the script or whatever. They talk a lot more about this being Shinji's destiny rather than just, like, a boy and a robot, which was kind of the original uh interpretation, I think, when the, the show started. And there was something else really. Oh, the, the, we see Shinji on that, like, mental train car earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm which didn't come up until later in the show originally, but he has a conversation with his baby self in the train. Ray is there. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. I think it's just a lot of the conversations about like how, you know, this is the only time he's ever been worth anything. Um, I feel like this movie is a lot less subtle <laughs> uh, with, with what it's doing. Maybe again, just because it has, its, it has it figured out at the jump rather than at episode 16. But uh, the last shot of the movie is a uh, Kaworu waking up on the moon. Yep. And then, yeah, uh, and they
1: they show the big ass. I forget like uh, yeah, it, yeah. what exactly it is, like the um the unidentified giant wearing a purple seven eyed mask and wrapped mask and wrapped in white bandages, according to Wikipedia.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know exactly what that's supposed to be off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up because it's not Lilith. I, I, it might yeah. be. I don't. Th- and I mean, I don't know if it's Adam in this uh in this film's portrayal of events.
2: I. Okay, I, I was gonna say I, I think I know what it is, and if I'm right, it's weird that they foreshadow it as much as they do. But yeah. I, I, we'll talk about that in the Discord after you guys talk about the second movie.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so like right, like you know, we're we're seeing Kabori right away. There's some shit on the moon. He's talking to Seal, and then uh, Utada Hikiro sings a wonderful song for the closing credits. Shout out to y- Utada Hakiro who's involved
1: in every great... piece of media I love. I have a great anecdote about that later on, but, um, great. Uh, I, was, I, I almost one...
0: texted you like, this is what you get for comparing it to kingdom hearts is now you taught does a song for it. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, after the credits, there's a teaser for, uh, the next film. I only really have, I don't, I'm not going to show, I'm not going to say anything about it, but Chris, if you have things to say about it, then I will, I would be happy to hear them, but maybe that's something we say for the end of the episode, since it's, uh, the next time on, but, uh, yeah, was was there anything I missed that y'all wanted to point out recap-wise, or should we dig into, like, thoughts
1: on the film? Just one thing. I just have one thing. Kaworu, uh, at the end, is looking towards Earth, and he says that the third one has not changed at all, and he looks forward to meeting Shinji. Yeah, those are words he says. Yep. <laughs> that is, yep. So that seems important, that yeah, they're now sure kind does, of implying that Kawaru has knowledge of him. Like sure do seem what be like you that. know he
0: was born to meet shinji if we remember yeah
1: i just mean like you know to to say that someone hasn't changed means you've been observing yeah. them or heard a lot about them or like you know whatever like yep.
2: yeah who c- you know who they are in some way yeah who could say yeah it's yeah so it's a
0: film we watched it
2: it it is i uh yeah i i you know i i have my thoughts on it and i've had my thoughts on it but uh I don't know. Honestly, Chris, I want to hear your thoughts first and foremost, to be honest, wherever you want to go with it first, because I, you know, you, you, I, we were talking about this before we started recording. You said in some context that you weren't sure if watching this would feel redundant to you because you knew it was in some way a rehash of the first few episodes. And I'm really curious if you still feel that way after having watched this first one.
1: Yeah, I totally do. Okay. <laughs>
2: that's OK. Fair that, enough. Yeah, that's yeah. That's
0: fair, I think. there's a lot of things that i won't say until we do later movies but sure um,
1: i i'll give my like general overview feeling about it the later ones may prove different but this one was like really interesting to me because it didn't feel different enough to be that enjoyable for me but i also wonder how someone who hadn't seen the show before would receive it on its own like it seems like it's like not exactly ideal for anyone and and i also like interesting in that way yeah it's weird because the amount of time given to some of these events is like pretty like dead similar to the show's like episodic format. I literally checked it at one point, but for some reason this version feels more like condensed and less fleshed out to me. And like you, yeah. you mentioned some scenes that were cut and I was like, Oh, for that probably was why that, you know, like even the thing of like the, Eva going berserk before Shinji is like unconscious, or whatever. That that makes a difference in how that that event yeah. is perceived and whatever. Yeah. But that's just, that's just like it's just interesting. And I don't really have an answer for it because like the whole time I was like, this feels so like rushed compared to the episodes. But then I looked, I was like, it's the same amount of time as the first episode would have been. It's tw- like twenty something minutes. Like so, like what is different here that's like radically mm-hmm. changing my perception of it? Like, and it might just be. And I'm gonna. I should preface everything I'm gonna say about this movie with the thing of like it might just be that I very recently watched the entire show already. And, like, it'd probably be, it probably hits very different for people that watch the whole show, and then years later, like, oh, let's revisit as a movie now. And it also, you know, feels different maybe if, like, um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just saying, like, uh, it, it, I'm doing this very quickly, and so, like, a rehash is not very appealing to me right now. Mm-hmm. But it might, it probably was for people that had a bigger gap between them. And also, I am totally open for the later movies to have more differences that make it more compelling of a watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but um but i really just did find that like the whole thing like all the characters the whole story it felt squashed to me like all the moments that were great about the the episodes that were in this they they just they lacked any real impact for me but again that might be because i've already seen it like you know like I, yeah I,
2: I i agree with you to be honest I, I don't know if i if i feel quite as hard that way as you do but i think i definitely feel the same way to some degree and, and yeah like, I i think i first watched this maybe a couple months after I first watched the show. Okay. So, you know, kind of similar gap. And then years later, like I've, watched, I've, I own this. I've watched this a couple of times and yeah, I, I definitely agree. I had a lot of thoughts this time about how they, you know, their economy of where they focus on what in this movie, in terms of what they do want to spend time on from the show and what they don't. And I, I don't know. It, it feels like they, it feels a little bit like they had a checklist of here's, parts of the show that we need to have in this. Here's how long our runtime can be. Let's fit it together. And I saw so it. It seems compelling, but I, I think it definitely the most of any of them, I'll say that much, feels a little bit like they're, you know, trying to write down the script for and glancing every two seconds at the original and craning mm-hmm. their neck to see every bit of it. And maybe something gets a little bit lost there.
1: Uh, There was one thing I did want to mention, too, which is that I do think this would probably be different on a rewatch of this rewatch. Like, So, like, for example, if I'm just watching this movie after watching the show, I'm kind of just like, oh, this is just like the show. But I feel like for you two who have already seen this and then can go back and look at it again, then maybe that feels a little bit better or different. Because, like, you know what to like, like Jay was saying, like the thing like oh, like, what are they paying attention? to? What are they not? I was like subconsciously thinking that stuff. But like, I feel like it's different when you're revisiting this movie that's a revisit of a show.
0: Yeah, I think um, I I think in in terms of the the rebuild films, I think this is the least interesting of the th- of the three that are currently out, and also almost definitely le- le- least interesting of the the four. I haven't seen four yet. I'm just gonna say it's definitely less interesting than yeah. that.
1: Um, Which I'm but, glad to hear, because that means, like, you know, ma- like, whatever problems I had with this will be, like, alleviated as time goes on and we watch the rest of them. I, I I
0: joked to Jay yesterday that this entire podcast has just been a long con to talk about 2.0 for, like, a three-hour episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'll
2: definitely say I, I probably saw 2.0 about a year after 1.0, maybe less than that. Mm-hmm. But I definitely appreciate 1.0 more because of some of 2.0. Yeah. In ways that I cannot say yeah. a word about Yeah I, I,
0: ha- I have a lot of takes on that That I think we might Will also lead to maybe the next episode Running even longer On top of having like two guests But um <laughs> I, I I What's weird like, like I don't know if, I, if this makes sense to say But like I think this is the least interesting Of the Rebuild films But also by virtue of that I find it so fascinating That it makes the choices it makes And I can't go too in depth in that But just like from context of, like, Ana going into this knowing, you know, a, a bigger scale of just, like, he still wanted to do this so much, like, like he still wanted the same foundation, even if things would get different later, which I find interesting. Uh I find it interesting the things that he does change. As a film, I think it's a little bit weaker as a standalone thing uh, for, for a, a bunch of reasons. I, I think, so. I mean, I've definitely, like... It, it's interesting because it's, like, it's not just a super cut of the important scenes with, with redone graphics. It's completely done from the ground up. Everything's done very intentionally, I think. Most notably, Suramaki is the, the main voice at the wheel. Masayuki also has a credit on all these fucking movies, but he's never done anything. He's done one thing that isn't Evangelion, and it looks like Evangelion. And Anna was also involved, Stop. so I can't say shit about his like actual creative voice. Whereas I can say a lot about Surimaki, and this looks like Surimaki, yeah. But
2: I, I can totally see that now. Having watched uh, Diebuster, yeah. I, I watched both Gunbuster and Diebuster with y'all's episodes on it, and yeah, there's it's got hints of it in there for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: I think uh, my my I mean my actual hottest take about this movie is that she just fucking made it two hours. I just like, if if just use the time because otherwise it does kind of feel rushed. I think I think what Ano does really really well is these long shots and i think Mm -hmm. i think suramaki sacrifices a little bit of that for a snappier pace and i do think um you know i have a i have some quotes here pulled out from ano that i haven't gotten around to reading yet but like just from that they wanted to make this more accessible than the show originally and i think there was a lot of decisions made like there are certain decisions that are great for serialized television that aren't as great in the structure of a film that's a hundred minutes. Um, and I think, I, I think the opening set piece of uh, I, actually, I think the opening and ending set pieces of this movie rule in the middle is weaker than the, the source material. Um, because I think cutting away when Shinji gets knocked out works great in the first two episodes. And I think it would feel a little disjointed at, in the first 30 minutes of this movie. Whereas, like, just having the, that entire set piece happen in 20 minutes and then him wake up to the ceiling after everything goes crazy is like, cool, this is, like, a weird fucked up monster movie in a way that the show isn't exactly a a a monster show. Like, the first episode of Evangelion cliffhangs on him actually getting in the robot.
1: Yeah. I, I, it is kind of like, now that you said that, like you you mentioned, like, a monster movie. I, it is kind of like the feeling of, like, the difference between a horror movie that's more about, like, the suspense and like creeping around the corner and the horror movie that's about like look at what's happening. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and I yeah. think that I think some of that, like, Suramaki's strengths in this movie, I think, are in the action because like mm-hmm. the fight, like, particularly the first fight. I think the first fight is his best in 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 it. Like the the shot of when the Ava first goes berserk, it like does a front flip. It like kicks the yeah. angel. Coolest fucking uh-huh. thing in the movie, hands down. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. I, I want like that's the thing. Like the stuff that he was really flexing with in uh in the first half of End of Ava, and to a lesser extent, and, and FLCL and Diebuster. Uh, I, I that's what I want to get. But like the because it's following the, the same plot beats of the other two fights, they're not as visually engaging. Even if I like, I mean, I still like the Ramiel stuff a lot. And, um, I think, the the Toji Kinsuke stuff just suffers for the lack of time spent with them, which is, um, more of a hindrance to this movie than any of the ones that follow it, to be completely honest. But, yeah, I think, yeah, I think Suramaki's strengths, uh, are great in the action, and I think it feels weaker in the down moments, especially because we have seen Ano do them better.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. Definitely.
0: And Ano, Ono like, wrote the movie. He's still chief director, but, uh, I recently watched, um, Blake really wanted me previous guest Blake really wanted me to watch Cutie Honey and Re-Cutie Honey before doing this episode so glad I did Cutie Honey perfect film Re-Cutie Honey sucks uh and um (laughs) Re-Cutie Honey is a three-part OVA where Anno is the chief director and each episode is uh, a different director and uh it's very and I like I am glad I watched this before or I watched that before coming back to this because I really feel like Ano is like the chief director. He's got like the story and like a streamline of like, here's where things go and win. But he is really letting each episode director do their own thing. And I think we're coming back to this. I'm like, yeah, I can see that I can, I really feel like he's letting Suramaki do his own thing. And like, there are moments that feel like Ano making sure that they go the way that he needs them to. I almost feel like Ano's like, yeah, I'm going to write this script, uh, make this movie, and I'm just going to make sure that I like it. I'm just gonna make sure that it's good. Um, and uh, like, there's a couple moments. There's a couple flashy moments, like around the train scene, where like you know a weird fisheye lens ray flies at the screen. I'm like, that's Ono Oh yeah, mm-hmm. sure. That's Ono.
2: Yeah, with the last names being repeated. Yeah, that's very. Yeah.
0: But uh, I, I like yeah, those 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 quieter moments feel a little a little too snappy. And I think like maybe it was just done to be accessible and work for a theater audience rather than. A plotting 26 episode show But uh, I, I, think, I think the Toji stuff in the, er, er, Is a little bit weaker Just because like All of that really culminates to Is a phone call that Shinji gets When he's like I gotta, you know These two people care about me So I gotta make sure I save All of Tokyo 3 But also Masato shows him Lilith and is like Hey, if you don't save us Then the third impact happens And we all fucking die uh, Which is crazy heavy And we can talk about that scene And how weird it is That that scene is there Um, And all the things that it says about um, this telling of events that, you know, were not previously true about the show. But what I really miss, what I miss most of all is the maybe one of the best episodes of the first six is when Shinji tries to leave on the train and Toji and Kinsuke go to say bye and he like gets dragged away and is crying to them about how sorry he is that he couldn't actually do, he couldn't actually save them. And they're just watching him and. I think their phone call would be a lot more effective if that scene still happened, and I also really yeah. miss uh, the shot of the train leaving and Shinji still there, and Misato's like was like thought she missed him, but didn't.
1: Yeah, it's just the yeah. best.
0: That I think would make what this movie does a hundred times more effective because those were some of the best plot beats in the first few episodes.
2: I have two thoughts about that. One is that this movie is definitely like slower to let Shinji and Masato get that close. Like, that moment to me is like a a, a moment that, that, that moment in the show with the train and Shinji still being there is a moment that, in my mind, Masato will think about what she thinks about Shinji for a long time after that, and Shinji probably will, too. Like That, that is a moment that probably brings those two characters closer. Mm-hmm. This movie doesn't really have as many of those in the same way as the show does, which... You know, for for what reasons, who can say? Um, They're probably wanting it to build out
1: across the four movies. If if you're setting out to do, we're going to do four big movies, you don't want to automatically have them like, be as close now as they're going to be as they develop probably right like yeah
2: yeah and that's fine like that's not even a complaint to me I, I think it's just an interesting difference
0: and, and obviously we're, we're talking in like a, a post 23 film mcu world where franchises you know <laughs> yeah. uh dominate everything and nothing can stand alone on its own unless it's iron Man 3 or, or guardians of the galaxy film but i it, it is like a part of me is like yeah i think that's compelling when you end episode 6 Of a show and you're like hey these kids are starting to get closer and like care about each other I can't wait to see what happens in the next 20 episodes and then walking away from a film and being like okay I mean I guess I know there's gonna be another one is a little bit like it's difficult to 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 view 1.0 as its own film and not view it as a story that is being told in an hour and 40 minutes because it is an adaptation of a show and I do see the things that are missing and I'm like I want to just see you know, Suramaki making this movie, but it has so much context around it.
2: That is something I struggled, not struggled, but thought about a lot on this viewing. Because I knew I was going to be coming on here and talking about it. Yeah, and like, I think my answer is kind of you got to do a little bit of both, right? And like,
0: I think they—that's what they do. And I think it's it, as Chris said, like, who is the movie really for? And the and the answer is, yeah, it's building a foundation of the next several movies, which inherently has to do a little bit of both.
1: I just don't know that if I were watching this, like, as an individual movie, and I'd never seen the show before, that I would come back for more after this. Yeah. That's maybe a hot take. I don't know if I would. I feel that.
2: No, I mean, that's valid. I, I almost didn't, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, back when I first watched this. Um, Because, you know, something I do like about it, on a general scale, Joe, you were talking about Tsuramaki and uh, Ano, sort of in relation to each other. I think the fact that it is a different director doing it, and you notice those different things in the way things are paced and framed, I... I think that feeds into the grander feeling of, oh, this is the same story, but probably won't be. And, oh, here are these little differences. Like, yeah. I think those directorial differences go right along with, hey, this number is off. And, hey, Masato's showing Shinji uh, Lilith. Yeah. In terms of here are ways in which the world is different. That And that is stuff I honed in on the first time I ever watched this. And even silly, so, like, that was kind of the only thing that kept me going back for mm-hmm. the second one. Is like, well... I want to see if they're this doing something. Off, yeah. You and can then, tell
0: they're doing yeah. something Yeah, and it's,
2: a- and maybe this first movie is too slow in how much of that something it does. I think that's a very valid mm-hmm. criticism. I do
1: think though, that that is like, that is a really interesting thing for the movies going forward because the fact I thought about this in the end sequence too, it's just like, Oh, like they're introducing the fucked up weird shit much sooner. And mm-hmm. so, like, that's gonna make for a more fucked-up, weird series of movies, and that I'm down for. Like, a, a, a series of, of uh, Evangelion movies where, like, much sooner we're getting those, like, gigantic, unfathomable cosmic shit that we had at yep. the end of the show. And, like, whatever. It's like, it's like, I'm down to see what the what story looks like when you're introducing those, like, much, much quicker. Like, th- that's interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's very fascinating in that, like, uh, Evangelion is an interesting text because it's like, can you just... Go home again, knowing where it ends up. And right, yeah. uh, I, I think now's a good, I, I have two things I'm going to bring up. One, I didn't think I was going to bring up until the next episode, but I'm just going to go ahead and bring it up now. Uh, after I read uh, this this thing from, from Anno, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, I just have some pull quotes from it. But in 2006, when he announced that like, hey, I have made Studio Kara. We're going to make four Evangelion films. Uh, he wrote this thing about it that I have. Um, it's It's also in the DVD booklet. Yep, that, sure uh, yeah, yeah I, that yeah I, I i'm gonna link to it online because uh, it's a slightly different translation than the the official one that's in the booklet, but I'm gonna read a couple lines from it, kind of jumping around it says uh many different desires are motivating us to create the new evangelion film uh the desire to portray my seal my sincere feelings on film notably that line's different because in the booklet it says r honest feelings rather than um my that's probably just a translation difference uh but uh, can
1: i stop and ask a question real quick just for clarification sure do you, does that mean like my feelings and putting them on film or my feelings on film like as like a me as a medium
0: great question
1: <laughs> yeah it would be great both great i mean it's ano. <laughs> Uh, honestly, Chris, keep asking yeah, that through the
0: yeah, next two one of, okay. one, I also keep asking it like, in a, two minutes when I finish reading this. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's uh, fair. Sorry.
0: So, uh, yeah. The desire to portray my sincere feelings on film. Uh, the desire to connect today's exhausted Japanese animation industry to the future. The desire to fight the continuing trend of stagnation in anime. Uh, Ava is too old, we felt. However, over the past 12 years, there has been no anime newer than Ava. Without looking back, without admiration for the circumstances, we aim to walk towards the future. We realize that we are creating something that will be better than the last series. Ava is a story that repeats. It is a story where the main character witnesses many horrors with his own eyes, but still tries to stand up again. It is a story of will, a story of moving forward, if only just a little. It is a story of fear, where someone who must... Yeah, we're someone who must face indefinite solitude, fears reaching out to others, but still wants to try. We aim to create a form of entertainment that anyone can look forward to, one that people who have never seen Evangelion can easily adjust to, one that can engage audiences as a movie for theaters, and one that can produce uh, one that produces a new understanding of the world. Which I think you know that's an abridged version of the mission statement, but I think it's a very interesting mission statement because it says. A lot of things where it's like, hey, Evangelion moved the animation industry forward. We're going to go back to it and do that again. We're going to push it forward again. (laughs) um, And we're going to tell, you know, we're going to do it better than we did the first time by doing that.
1: I feel like we could do a podcast on just that statement. Yeah, I absolutely. and I didn't even read the full fucking thing. I skipped a couple lines. I have like so many thoughts on that. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I can I can post this in the discord if you want to, like, have it in front of you. Sure, sure, sure. But, uh, yeah, so, so you know, I was thinking a lot about this on my rewatch, and I really, like, found it fascinating how interested this movie is with the actual technology of animation. It really wants to use CG and blend it with 2D, and I think it's really mm-hmm. effective. Like, watching this, I'm like, this was 2007. Like, it, it, and I think it's it's... Like I think it's more seamless than some of the stuff in three point uh, which is interesting uh, because they just keep swinging bigger and bigger. Is is the reason for that? But
2: yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, it 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 does. I think when you're talking about three D in two D, there's this whole thing of how do you really mask it well in there? You know, like how do you you look at honestly a lot of the Pokemon mm. movies do really bad CGI. A, lo- a lot of anime movies will bring in kind of shitty, very standout CGI elements to you know flex their budgets. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this, like, I, I think a lot about the DreamWorks Voltron show mm. on Netflix is doing a good job of this. Just stuff that really, if you fr- freeze frame it anywhere, it looks like it could be all hand drawn mm-hmm. as well as CG. This movie does a pretty good job. Yeah. Like
0: I, I, I saw some people when I, you know, was looking through letterboxd reviews as I do for everything. Uh, I, I saw some people who are like, Oh, this is, this is Evangelion again, but without, the the charming art style that I had before, and I'm like, I think it's just as good. I think it's like it's it's moving yeah. forward, but I don't think it's losing anything. I have weird opinions yeah, I on
1: the art style. Go ahead, Jay.
2: No, I was gonna say I don't feel like it's that different, to be honest. I feel like it is. You know, there's certainly differences. For I just, me, I
0: can tell there's a different it director kind of at the like wheel. Cl- I feel like they are using the same like yes. key art and references that they were in the 90s,
2: but doing different things with. Yeah,
0: yeah, characters. and I mean, you know, we haven't, we haven't talked too much about Ramiel yet, but I think that's a, like an excellent like decision and i think something that's very fascinating about him being the the last one they do for for sure yeah
2: i I have a lot of thoughts on
0: that i I have a lot of thoughts about the three angels in this movie in conjunction with the three films that are currently out but chris i think you were saying something and i'll bring my thing up later
1: sure sure yeah so um to first address the 2d and 3d thing i think they did a really good job with it because the 3d stuff is like different enough and cool enough that it like it pops and i can like see in my head what those scenes looked like so like it felt like oh this is exciting and different and like stand out while at the same time not feeling like it didn't like it was like incongruous like it felt like they lined up together well and it felt like a cohesive thing so that's that's just a big thumbs up on that in general but um i was saying i have weird opinions on the visual style in this movie because i simultaneously think that the art like the 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 art style was a little bit like like I mean quote unquote worse. Like I think I, I liked it a little bit less than the original series, and yet I really liked the new visual style and the action and the visuals are the best thing going for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's like weird. Like, I felt like there was like something kind of missing from like the change in the art style, but at the same time, I really like this art style. I think part of it had to do with the fact that um uh, it resembled other animation stuff in this genre that I grew up with. Like it looks kind of like a Digimon movie. And I was Mm. like, oh, that gives me like a warm, fuzzy Uh, feeling a little bit. Like, I remember watching stuff that looked a little bit like this when I was a kid. So it's like, I I don't know. I had mixed feelings about it. I could go either way.
0: I feel that. Yeah. I think, um, I I love, I love how fluid they make everything look.
1: Yeah. And some of the the colors and like Mm. stuff just like they do shots of like trees and water and it just looks so like deep and rich. And like, I loved that. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: Lighting looks incredible, both, you know, in exterior spaces, interior spaces, on water, like, yeah, it's, there's a lot of really good use of color in yeah. spaces, which there certainly was in the original, Gorgeous
0: too, movie, like, and, uh, they, lighting, lighting is a big thing for me in this one.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: The, uh, the, the, I keep talking about how great that first fight is, but, like, the way that Ava, like, just the green is glowing and the rest of it's, like, so, like, shadowed by it is, like, gorgeous.
2: Yeah, it feels like you're not completely and entirely looking at it. it. It it's very, yeah.
1: Yeah. And like you were saying like the the choosing to use like that different art style and the and the, the 3D stuff for the action made that shit pop like a motherfucker. Like mm-hmm. um the uh this movie's version of Ramiel was the first time watching this that I was like, "Okay, shit, this is awesome and I can see appeal to this outside of just like we're doing it again."
2: Hell yeah, it, it's so good. I, I r- real quick, cause so I know I feel like we're gonna talk about Ramiel for a bit. A bit. Reverse. I had a thought about the. sea. C- yeah, right, exactly. Jo- I know, I know Joe's feelings on me. It's their, their time, future bitch. husbando Ramiel. Um, but before, but r- real quick, I had a thought that I hadn't thought about until right now. I think part of why that CGI works so well, outside of Ramiel and his big lovely blue triangular form is that the CG isn't just used for angels and avas? It's not just, here's a drawn background, and here's two CGI things fighting on it. It's also like, uh, when you see Tokyo 3 going down into the earth, or coming back mm-hmm. up, and all the pistons are moving and everything. I think when uh, Masato brings Shinji to see Lilith, the door they go through is CG. Mm-hmm. Like, they plant elements of CG into things in motion in the mechanics of the background of Tokyo 3 and of Nerve and of Central Dogma that I think make you not notice as starkly when they are also used in big action sequences. It makes it all just feel more like it's part of the same you know, visual dialect. Yeah, and I think and that's a
0: very smart thing. And, and I do. think a lot of people, you know, have similar takes uh, around, like, Spider-Verse and, like, the way that they merge yeah. a lot of different types of animation and it looks gorgeous. Just, like, using the right amount yes, of it, definitely. using it creatively. And, like, uh, you know, this was in 2007. I don't think it's as refined or gorgeous. Also, because Spider-Verse is, like, a, an incredible film. Um, but what I find fascinating about... Uh, uh, 1.0 is like looking through this DVD booklet. um They kind of show that like they did like rough sketched key art of of all the stuff that is in CG. So like they still like went through the process of knowing how it would look in 2D and then building on top of that. Um, and I think that's why you keep that fluidness. And I think they just they just use the right amount of it. Um, and I think it really works for angels, especially just because like like they are so much larger than life. I think it's kind of cool that they look a little bit different, a little bit more like detailed and refined and everything else, especially like Ramiel is this like terrifying alien monster. And it can do these things that are hard to comprehend. Yeah. And I think this, I think the CG uh, adds to that. And I think the fact that like it's visuals still like keep the reflections and it doesn't look like the reflections are wrong because it's in CG. Um, Like, and a lot of the, a lot of Tokyo three is in CG. There's only a couple scenes where I could see the seams and it was really just, shinji on the escalator where i was like oh from this close-up i can tell that he is not cg in the background is but it wasn't even like taking me out of it i just noticed
1: and and when I, you're talking about that one, and honest. when you're talking about the the like the way that the angels are different in this from the show to make the horror movie comparison again it, and this is not a, a an evaluative thing uh i think both uh work well at what they're doing but it's again the difference between like ano's version in the show was almost like the like lumbering stop motion ver- version of these characters where they like they do less but it's more about presence and then this mm-hmm. version is like they're doing crazy shit like yeah
0: yeah definitely. or at least the first and last one i think yeah I, it's, it's yeah. like
1: the difference in the like, old horror movies where like they were you know someone in a, in a suit or like or whatever but then this one's like oh like like we have like more technology and they can go more buck wild like it, it felt like that kind of dichotomy too
2: it's it's, it's, these are not the same, but it's kind of like Alien and Aliens, where one is a lot more deliberate use of space to make you feel what's coming mm-hmm. next and what's not being said. And then the second one is a lot more Buck Wild. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I think that's also like a kind of a great example of like two people in the same sandbox with very different yes, sensibilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Maybe to a much larger scale because they're not, you know, Aliens isn't a remake of Alien, but turning it <laughs> yeah. into a blockbuster the way that this, I think, maybe is a little bit, uh, but yeah, I think I think that's a good comparison.
2: Yeah, um, t- talking about Ramiel, I, I, that is the moment to me where, like, my first time watching this movie, you know, you're noticing other things that are different, you're thinking about them a little bit. To be honest, it had been long enough the first time I watched it that it didn't even click for me that the Lilith thing wouldn't have come up yet. When they start fighting Ramiel, and Ramiel just starts changing shape and everything, I just, that was when I felt like, oh, now the movie is showing me what it can do yeah now exactly yeah. what a newer version of evangelion can yeah. be like this is this is the thesis statement for all the rest of whatever these movies will be like
1: can you imagine the fuckers in the theater they're like oh boy i love evangelion and like i know Ramiel; he's a big diamond and then like that's just oh, happening shit. <laughs> like people must have lost their shit i would
0: love to oh, see he's a this big opening lot of are you kidding
1: uh, I, I actually, yeah. more
0: so, I'd like popcorn to see popcorn flying the, everywhere. I'd like to see 2.0 opening night, more so, but um, especially like the stuff with Ramy on this one. I think is, is that. Um, but actually, you, Jay, saying that that's the thesis statement. You feel like let me. That seems like a good point for me to talk about. Uh, a little thing called a uh, Joe Hawke, which is a thing that I have written about. I did a piece a little bit in April, uh, of of this year, 2020, um, where I wrote about how. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake reminded me of the Rebuild films for exactly this reason. Oh, yeah. uh, Joha Q, uh, as Wikipedia describes it, is a concept of modulation and movement applied in a wide variety of traditional Japanese arts, and it roughly translates to beginning, break, uh, rapid. Um, or, uh, to, to be more specific of what rapid means, like quicken, accelerate. Also, it's worth saying that Q uh, can also mean three. <laughs> um, so I think the a, was... a subtitle of 3.0 is just Q.
2: Yeah, that was the originally gonna. I remember seeing that as the original title yeah. was Evangelion 3.0 Q.
0: Yeah, which I think you know, Ano's doing some some triple entendres there with that. Uh, but I think like not not even those. just like looking at these three films as a Johaku Q structure. I think inside of this film, seeing three angel set pieces that like one is like, hey, y'all remember this one? Here it is again. And then the second one. There's there's some differences. There's some slightly different plot beats, a different final frame of that fight, and then the third one is I think vastly visually different. Not just the not just Raymuel looking a lot different, but also um, like where Shinji is, the actual like action that happens with with Shinji and and Ray stepping in, the environment in which uh, they are in when you know Shinji saves Ray is different and I, I think, I think you're right, uh, Jay saying that like this, like that moment feels a little bit like a thesis statement and like paired with the, the central dogma reveal, I think is like, this isn't like, you, we know that, you know, a lot of this stuff, but we're not doing the same thing again. We're not just, uh, you know, like the, also I sent Chris something from the booklet, uh, cause I couldn't think of a good way to say what the fuck rebuild meant. Um, but like they're in this, they say that like, uh, let me find it. Yeah. Uh, the booklet says, I don't know if Anno specifically wrote this, but the booklet says, In the past, when an animated TV series made the leap to a theatrical release, the film was transferred directly by blowing it up. But for this rebuild, none of the old film was transferred, and the process went back to materials such as key animation, uh, blah, 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 blah. They did it all from scratch, and like they're not, they're not just taking what they had before and putting it up on the screen they are making something new. And as we talked about in that longer mission statement, like they are trying to make something to surpass the original. And I think the way this movie goes from start to finish is like showing that and showing that like, Hey, you know, things are different. Here's Lilith. Why does she already know that Do- central dogma is here? And that it's Lilith when everyone was calling it Adam or whatever the fuck in the original show. And then Ramiel looks vastly different.
2: Yeah, a- a- absolutely. like, Sorry, I'm trying to think of where exactly to even go off of that because that that that's fascinating. I hadn't actually heard the the term until I read the uh, the Final Fantasy VII thing you wrote, uh, which I finally did after after playing that remake. But yeah, it, it's and that and that's something too. Is nothing about this movie makes you feel, or at least made me feel, oh, I'm watching the original show, but traced over. It makes me feel like oh, I'm watching a version of this illustrated by someone who. Was like staring at the original and trying to draw it while doing that, but still, it wound up being like it, it's it, it it's really interesting how close it comes to being the same, but very intentionally not making it all the way there. Yeah, I, I think the the whole Ramiel fight, the the entire Ramiel fight, um, that's is that all one episode in the show, or is that two episodes? I you think remember? it's
0: two because I think okay, it's just because of like how much actually happens between like it showing up. It drilling, it fucking up Shinji, and then them having to make a new plan. I think it's two, but I could yeah, be that wrong. Uh cause th- isn't it
2: I, th- I think you I think Isn't it right. Ray
0: One and Ray Two? Let me
2: That's that's all one episode. Hmm. Ray One, Ray Two is one episode, and then I think the day Tokyo Three stood still is the episode after that.
0: I I'm pretty sure Ray One and Ray Two are two different episodes, but I do think the day Tokyo Three stood okay. like stayed still is, is six. Okay.
2: You're probably right because you've watched all of this more recently. Uh, I
0: I just know that I use those as episode titles. So
2: sure, (laughs) that's fair. That's fair. But no, I, I think that you know the the versus Ramiel fight. That chunk of the movie is the best that this movie does at being a escalation movie budget version of a part of the show. Yeah, I like if if you do want parts of this to be that, these movies aren't designed to be that. But if you do want parts of them to be, this chunk is that. Like, incredibly well for me. Um, Just down to, you know, you have all these shots of people in bunkers in Tokyo 3. You know, you had some of that in the original, but you have a lot more of that of people, like, turning out all their lights and looking up to the sky and being like, Oh, God, I hope whatever's happening on the other side of Japan works. Um, It's weirdly a little bit reminds me of the end of Summer Wars with everyone watching on their phones as something happens. A perfect film. Um, uh, Yeah, I would. I I, I, I haven't rewatched
0: it in a while, but that's how I remember it.
2: I fucking love that movie. Um, Bonus episode. It's
0: it's the best Digimon movie.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's the best one of Hosoda's movies. I'll definitely say that. Um, But but no, just that and um, something I I love about the, I do love about the rebuilds is the extra time given to all these bits of, you know, the way the world is built around the Ava's, like, while they're building that site where they're gonna have their snipers perch. you see Evangelion Unit 1 just being brought on, like, train tracks along a road up to where the thing is, and it's just all of those things that you get a little more time with that I think just just really heighten what this fight is. You know, it's not even a huge action-packed fight. It's two gunshots and some returning fire, and they kill it. Like, it's really simple when you boil it down, but both the show and then this movie on top of it do a really good job of, Making you feel every moment of it and making it feel really yeah like it has. A lot well, I think of I think
0: one of my big takeaways that I, I actually wrote so I didn't forget the thought um in in my letterbox review yesterday, uh was that like uh, what I like about Ano and and Suramaki, you know like pushing the technology of animation and the industry forward is they're not just doing it for spectacle. It still has like I think weight in the story that is being told. Like they they're not just making Ramiel look cooler. It makes him actually more terrifying and more of a threat within the set piece that they're making. Definitely. It's not, yeah, I think, I think it, it has rooting there. And uh, despite, you know, what I said about the, the Toji Kinsuke stuff being a little you know, weaker and thinner in the film compared to the show, uh, I think still they're able to, to make good stakes that like, you know, a, a pairing it with the central dogma stuff and, and, and Shinji, I don't know, lightly caring about Ray. I think, the, I think the Masato and Ray stuff in, in the movie is just, not as flushed out as I'd like it to be for this climax to hit as hard as I think it should. Yeah. But, like, still, I think those stakes are there. And you're like, yeah, all of, you know, all of the power is put into this gun in Shinji's hand. And, like, the stakes of what he has to do uh, to protect these people that he has, like, I guess, started to care about. Or at least feel responsibility for. And I think, this, you know, the movie starts to grapple with his feeling of responsibility. And then he has to do this shit. It's just i don't know a little snappier and quicker than i'd like it to be a a part of that is because i've seen the show but also part of that is just like eh, it feels a little rushed in general
2: i had a thought about that
0: it's 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 intentionally snappier is what i find fascinating about it they are not like ano isn't like hey slow it down he's like you know him and surimaki together are like yeah well you know we could go longer we're choosing not to
2: I, I I had a thought about like the pace stuff in general and the Toji and uh, Kinsuke stuff and the race stuff. Um, I, st- I found myself thinking in this watching of it, you know, obviously there are those changes that are made for the movie that we've already talked about. The numbers mm-hmm. being different the this to that. I wonder if, you know, another kind of change is we- what characters they focus on, how much, and, you know, not changing even any of those interactions, but just giving us more than we might have not have gotten in the show. I'm specifically thinking about, or not not ones that we wouldn't have gotten in the show, but ones that they're not giving the time for in this movie. I'm thinking about both Toji and Kensuke because they, you know, that that <laughs> them in the cockpit with Shinji when he's fighting the second angel still fucking like gets me real yeah, hard. Yeah, it's in still the good. Heart. Um, but like I I think they could have done more with that to then give. The phone call he gets from them at the end about "Hey Shinji, I hope you save us." Like that would have had a lot more weight if that friendship had gotten more building exactly. time instead of just being a like. It kind of feels like just a thirty-minute segment of this thing. And then I kind of feel the same way. Like Ray's a different case, but I kind of feel the same way about Ray in the back third more than I usually used, used to actually. Where like it's kind of just that last chunk of the movie where Shinji's really thinking about Ray. And I I think maybe that is a disservice to this as a singular movie is like, we're about to get into the third act and now Shinji's starting to pay attention to this person and like think about her relationship with his dad. I almost wonder if some of his encounters with her could have happened earlier. Basically, I think you could cut out Masato showing him Lilith. You could cut out some of Masato and Ritsuko's stuff. Those are characters I love, but I think you could cut out all of that stuff and make the movie a little longer and it being more about Shinji's forming relationships, friendships with Mm -hmm. both Toji and and with Rei. I think you could do a lot more with that a little more consistently throughout the movie and create a version of this as, you know, if you do want to talk about it as a singular movie and for a moment ignore the fact that there's a bunch more coming, I think that would be a way they could give a lot more weight to this first act of the story as its own movie.
1: I agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the, the scene where Rei and Shinji talk before the mission starts is having to do, like, all the lifting uh, for, yes, for this yeah. to be the climactic ending of him saving her and mirroring, you know, his dad's actions. That, yeah. uh, and, like, yeah, I think a little bit more Ray or a little bit more that t- of them together, which, I mean, just was not in the original show uh, because it, you know, was going at a different pace entirely. Um, But I really feel like we get the right amount of Shinji and Masato. I wish we got another scene of them together. Like, and, like, because cause I think his relationship with her is at least originally a big part of his like responsibility and she's like the one person being nice to him we do get her saying that like we we still get one of my favorite scenes which is him having all the flashbacks of the horror he has witnessed and then her walking in at that exact moment and being like you did great today boy you you should really be proud of what you did and him just having this like dead look on his face that still rules it's just uh, it yeah it's just weird as a Climax of a single film, I think. To me, it's like a little, a little less than a little, not as strong as I think it could be. And I think between interactions with Ray and Mortoji and kinsuke time, which I already said before, like I wish it had the hit. It had more of the him running away the second time. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of just wish they didn't. Like that was the time he ran away. Like rather than like the the time where he goes away on his own and then just kind of comes back on his own, um, which they did, but differently. I wish that they just did him formally quitting and then talking to to Toji and Kinsuke and them apologizing and him bring brought back by Masato. I think would be effective in my 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 personal humble onion.
2: That 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 would that would do a lot to characterize that relationship between Shinji and, and Toji and Kinsuke, I think yeah, like that that's a lot of th- that you know that chunk that them them saying goodbye to him and everything does a lot to characterize that friendship as it continues in a very short time. And like, you could even take dialogue away from it. And I think it would still do that. Yeah, And yeah, maybe, you know, the, the show starts that off by having the punch and the Shinji punching Doji back later,
1: but then it just kind of drops. Yeah. And then, yeah. Then did the, Shinji. He,
0: yeah. You don't really did, see them again until they're
1: giving him a phone call. Did Shinji nice, fun, encouraging hit call. him back in the original? Did he hit him in the original? It's kind of hard to remember some of these details, like watching this. Oh, he
0: he, he definitely did. And it's much funnier. Because, um, or at least in the English dub, it's very funny. Because in this one, he just does it. We just cut to him doing the punch. But in the, sh- in the show, he goes to punch and Toji's like, Stop! Don't hold back. And then, and oh, then he right. actually <laughs> does the punch. Um, and yeah, the, the yeah. dub is the only reason I remember that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's very good. Also, you mentioned this earlier, so I'm pretty sure I know the answer. But uh, I, one of my notes here is: Did the angel turn into a big ball around Shinji that exploded in the original version? Like, I don't think that happened. I actually do. I, yeah, I think that did happen. Did it? Yeah. I
2: I think I think it exploded. I don't know if quite the coiling into a weird sphere happened. It's I a little more also. body
0: horror y in the movie, I would say.
2: Yeah, yeah. That that first angel is in general a little bit. The second mm-hmm. one is too. The um. Obviously, you know the, the the third one's the best, and we love them very much. Um, the second one, the middle one, moves a little more fluidly in the movie. It bends more. It has those 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 little crawly legs. are doing a lot more work. Like they they definitely do a good job with Spider that ripcage. one. Of yeah, what what if this thing was just a little more uncanny in how it moved? Not even a lot. Like that one's a little more biological horror, and then the third one the, 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 is a little more. I don't know cosmic horror of some kind. Yeah, I, I don't know
0: really what you described. I don't know. I feel sounds... like Ramiel was the reason the word angel was invented. Frankly, like they were gonna call him <laughs> something else, and then they looked at Ramiel and was like, "No, this is this is what an angel is. This is perfection. Reach.
2: <laughs> this is a perfect." Yeah, and being. That's, yeah,
0: that's actually the ultimate. Life I, called, I called up my good friend Hideyakiano, and he told me that was true. Anyways, uh, another thing that I just remembered that I don't think came up is when, in that second fight, where Shinji grabs those, like, weird laser tentacles, uh, you see underneath the armor that burns off of the Ava unit, and it's just, like, human yeah. hands!
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, you know what's another good thing like that is, um, when Shinji is doing the training simulations after the First Angel, when he's doing the whole, you know, pull the trigger, aim and pull the mm-hmm. trigger repetition thing um you see him i I don't remember if this is in the show you see him in like yeah in this like head yeah (laughs) see him in this unfinished uh ava that is just a head and a neck it's wearing like a gas mask the eyes have you know pinpointed sights moving in different directions and you can see like it's throat pulsating and like these veins moving around i thought that was a really good tidbit where if you haven't seen this you probably are that's where you're starting to think are these just robots? Is that what
0: they are? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of hinting of like maybe these aren't robots necessarily yeah. throughout that. Or even if you know, it's just cool. <laughs> it's just a really good yeah. visual. Yeah. I wish um we were, we were talking about the stakes of the ending. I I wish it was a little more uh, Digimon War game, which is uh, actually the best Digimon movie. I joke yeah. that Summer Wars is, yeah, but, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, but, but it's it's yeah, it's hosted no. a making War game again and a little bit better, but it's not technically Digimon, which hosted a directed. Uh, war game which is why it's good uh but the ending of that movie is like them in the digital space and everyone sends them an email (laughs) saying do a good job and like the way it's visualized is is so cool and like shinji has only made two friends uh and and they say good job on the voicemail but like i think it would be cool if like he heard more words of encouragement but that's not, that's not what they're doing with Shinji. I get it. I
2: was gonna, even if it was like the rest of the class or something like that, the the, the class rep who we barely see in this movie. Like if she got the, the other kids from his class to be, to like all get into the phone and say a good luck message yeah. or something, you know, like just some little thing. Also that would kind of, do something this movie isn't hugely interested in doing and remind you that Shinji is just a kid. Yeah. I mean, I guess it does as much as anything, but, like, it would be a really good added reminder of that before he goes off to battle.
0: I I would say that they don't do really anything with the class dynamic, which they spend time on in the original show.
2: Which is mostly fine, I think. Like, I think that stuff is largely disposable, but, like, Mm -hmm. from the perspective of it, you know, reminding you that these are just young teens, it's definitely good for that.
0: Yeah, I think I think the only sacrifice of the school stuff is Toji and and Kinsuke time, which they never really say their names, by the way.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they they really don't. That's valid. I hadn't thought about that.
0: When they do the first time you hear anyone say their names is in the in the phone call where they call themselves by their surnames, which is uh, like Ada and Suzuhara. Chris, I haven't heard from you in a minute. How you feeling? You got any takes? And you got any thoughts? I'm
1: feeling good. I I don't have thoughts about what we were talking about at the moment, which is why I was waiting. I have other notes and stuff, but I was just letting y'all talk Please. for a moment.
2: Please lead us on into whatever's yeah, next. Take, I, I want to hear us Chris somewhere
0: thoughts. new. Give us give us stage two. We've done Joe. Give us Han Q. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
1: um, all right. Well, everyone who's listened to this show knows that uh, it's time for the the Chris has weird observations about the show hour. <laughs> yeah Woo! so this is gonna sound like a bad youtuber bit but i like genuinely mean it <laughs> like sincerely
2: oh boy i love this already
1: so i thought about this when they introduced the little like, when shinji shows up he's like oh it's my dad's work i'm coming into the office and there's a big thing that's like it's a it's it's nerve it's a un like subsidiary or whatever the fuck and then it's like nerve God is in his heaven and all is right with the world and I started thinking, hold on a second, what does that actually mean if you're, for like your company's <laughs> slogan is like is nerve God <laughs> in this scenario? Like what does it mean? Like what like I I get like for the show it's just got a cool ominous vibe and it's all about like, you know, angels and whatever else, but like literally for nerve, like do, are, are are they God? Is humanity god? Like who who did this? You know what I mean? Like, what does it mean?
0: God's in his heaven and all is right with the world is the slogan of Nerve good question what does it mean
1: like imagine if it was like imagine if it was like walmart god is in his heaven and all is uh-huh. as, yeah. it's like what like
0: <laughs> i mean i think the answer to your question is the instrumentality project and like the idea that like hey these angels are trying to stop us from uh being humanity and if we kill them all we can become you know this godlike power that nerve yeah. and uh seal want similarly but also separately so, so they basically, want to be
2: the god in his heaven
1: okay yeah so so god is actually currently not in his heaven but when he is then <laughs> all will be good that's gonna be great yeah okay i, think,
0: I mean I, I mean i don't know we've seen the ending of of the show a great to <laughs> maybe a stretch but, but I think that's what they think right.
1: they, that's what their like you know their thing is the other thing on a similar note was that um ray keeps her clothes in a weird place in her room it's just like a uh, it's like inside a small dresser that's like not placed anywhere like a normal person would put their like underwear drawer dresser. It's very interesting the layout of her room.
0: I just wish she would fold her shit. Like when that drawer <laughs> opens up and it's just a fucking disaster. Like come on, because, right? It gives me
2: anxiety. My own closet's bad enough. I ain't need you to have it just as bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> One like actual like sincere like note. Well, I mean those are sincere. I meant them. I was really t- thinking about them. But you know they're kind of like goofy. Um. <laughs> shinji's mom in like the little train scene where they're talking about like oh if it's a boy i'll name him shinji and if it's a girl ray and like like, shinji's mom is like ray shinji whatever and then like she says like ayanami and it's like whoa that like instantly kind of like perks me up and gets my attention because like theoretically why would i mean like i get that it's probably not literal but like you know the idea of like his mom who like shouldn't really have knowledge of like that last name like saying it in that scene is just like oh that that's interesting that's doing something
0: yeah. I think um I think this is a rebuild change. But I don't remember the details.
2: The the whole conversation you mean or just that being added to it?
0: Both. Like her saying Ayanami and that I mean that scene is I at least not here. I don't remember it from the show. Yeah,
2: I I, I there might be some version of it but definitely not here.
0: Yeah, the Ayanami
2: thing. I was trying to think do we ever like do we know where that name comes from in the original? Is that ever referenced? I don't think
1: so. Like, it might be the the like name of like of the person that uh, Gendo just basically like kidnaps her from. Like, where it's just like I found the kid and I brought her over here. Like,
0: uh, I, I did a quick Google. Um, it says here I've been suspended from Reddit for some suspicious activity. That's fine. I don't. That's cool. I, I don't. That's I've a favor. <laughs> it sucks. I haven't you. done it, and so I don't use uh, Reddit, so I don't know what happened but um <laughs> uh, if if uh joseki 100 is to be believed on our <laughs> evangelion it's just in the rebuild that's her s- original surname before she marries but i don't that's oh. that's where my brain went like in this scene i was like oh that must <laughs> just must be her surname before she married Akari. and um, when what? you asked it i was like am i right why do i think that
2: <laughs> well that that's interesting too cuz don't they go the other way with that in the original where he takes her family name
0: yes yeah. yeah so I so think might actually, that might just be a, a, a rebuild thing oh, um, What right. was Gendo's original last name?:
1: Shithead?: Yeah, that's it. But yeah that 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 stood out to me as like, oh, this feels like a rebuild change. I don't think that happened in the in the original.
2: That's interesting. I, I hadn't no, really thought about that one until this viewing to be honest.
1: Rokubungi
0: really was his R- <laughs> yeah, original okay. last name?: That's
2: the episode yeah, that's the
0: episode you were on, Jay
2: I know, and you <laughs> think I'd remember a thing, but I don't. That's 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 very good though. Yeah. If my last name was Roku Bungie, I'd probably have it changed too.
0: Yeah, I don't. I I I don't know if that's exactly what that scene is trying to do with uh with U original surname, but um that is how I read that scene, and and then I didn't think about it uh critically until right
1: now. Uh, uh yeah yeah I I said it in like a like a large scale thing of just like oh it's like they're putting like the more like out there stuff in here sooner but i i thought it was like particularly two things were interesting i i mean aside from the fucking giant uh which speaks for itself but i thought it was interesting to put kawaru here at the end of this one because i feel like that sets you up for a very different uh series movies as well because i assume that they like will bring him in more um than he was in the show and then also uh the mention of unit 06 because like i was like i didn't know of unit 06 when i watched the show this is like uncharted territory like I thought that was a good little hook to, to come back for the next one.
2: Yeah, th- they do a little bit of that here, and th- th- that'll, you know... Th- that is <laughs> th- that is something which I'm really excited to hear y'all talk about in future episodes, but, like, there are spaces with where they do just have fun with the fact that they're able to do this and add more cool shit. And I think of the Ava Unit 6 and, like, you know, them thinking about what other Avas could exist that they have that's a cool thing that they sort of think about there yeah
1: um we talked about ramiel to death but just to 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 really hammer it home in my note here is all caps whoa that ramiel scream and then like the drenching of the city and its blood basically everything with ramiel Mm -hmm. on screen fucking ruled and this is like kind of a diss to the rest of the movie and the characters and stuff the star of this movie was a fucking diamond
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is that
1: shape-shifting diamond
2: is that scream combined with the way it like shatters back uh-huh. when it gets
1: hit with the mm-hmm. shot? It's so fucking good. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's so. It feels like reality is breaking it's when it so does that dope. shit. I love yeah. it.
1: It's great. All right, are you all ready for my final note, which is my Kingdom Hearts anecdote about the Utada Hikaru thing? Hell yeah! Always. All right. I made a note during the credits and I was just kind of like reminiscing on like, you know, the whole thing. And I I was like, it kind of feels like how kingdom hearts sometimes is doing the first game again. But I think I like kingdom hearts more than Evangelion. So it was less effective. And then like, a couple of minutes later, and I just type out "lol." The reason I had the Kingdom Hearts thought is it's literally Yuuta Hikaru in the credits. <laughs> like, I had no—I was just like started thinking about Kingdom Hearts, and I didn't know why yet. And then I was like, "Oh!" Like, her, the music yeah. like literally like, cued that up in my brain. Her
0: her voice has that effect on on me as well. Um, yeah, that's that song rules. Also, by the way,
1: yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I think. um
0: i i i definitely like evangelion more than kingdom hearts that's what i was gonna say
1: they're different i i kingdom hearts is more like directly melodramatic and i think that's just like my more my personal speed evangelion is like a very fascinating cerebral show that does have lots of emotions in it but it's like it's a mm-hmm. it's like a little bit of a it's at a little bit of a remove from the viewer like intentionally uh
0: sure, whereas kingdom yeah. hearts
1: is kind of just like all right there on the table and i kind i tend to prefer that i think
0: I would say I would say there's a lot of things about Kingdom Hearts on the table. <laughs>
1: well, uh, yeah. I just mean in terms of like Sora will literally yell out like, you know, like I'm here my to protect are my, my friends yeah. and like yeah, yeah, and like Shinji's all kind of like I I'm I'm terribly depressed and lonely. And you I don't know, yeah. it's like different. Like the
2: Kingdom Hearts has a lot of things on different tables at different restaurants. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Great call. Yeah, it's very open source in that way. Uh you got to you really got to look at all 20 games at the same time. <laughs> I, what's interesting about that is I think that this movie is trying to be more on the table than the original show was just, again, just by virtue of like, Hey, what does the first six episodes look like when we know where these arcs kind of go? Um, or at least the viewer thinks they know how the arcs went the first time, if nothing else. Right. Um, and yeah, I think that's, you know, again, a fascinating thing about this movie. I think, um, much like an affinity war, I like it more knowing where the next film goes. Sure, um, because Infinity War has grown on me once I realized that Endgame was actually good and not just uh, another three hours of them fighting Thanos, and it actually deals with grief and a time heist. It sure is. Endgame's Endgame's probably the best movie the Russo brothers will ever make, uh, and yeah, I think I think uh, one what point. What about it was you, me, and
1: Dupree, Joe? Uh,
0: I said <laughs> what I said. Um,
2: are du- is Dupree Are you me or Dupree in Infinity War Or Endgame Do, we, do, do you or me or Dupree Come out of a Doctor Strange portal
0: uh, sure Yeah are. actually it's in there If you, if you look at the director's <laughs> yeah, cut that's actually Four and a half hours And they just, they just add an hour and a half of different Close ups of portals As characters come out from different IPs <laughs>
2: um, uh, a what's,
0: there's, a, there's an Arrested Development Character in Infinity War That I don't remember
2: is there, I love Arrested Development, and I can't think of who you're talking about. I It's it's a it's
0: in the collector's like collection or whatever the fuck or the fake collection oh, okay. that Thanos makes with the reality stone. It's stuff. been a while. It's yeah. Who it's cares? Been a um. <laughs> um the, the, the
1: thing you were saying about um the uh like you know making it more on the table and stuff is part of what I was thinking about when you read that statement from Anno when mm-hmm. it's like we aim to create you know uh some. Uh, like a form of entertainment that anyone can look forward to, and all that. It's interesting because to me, Evangelion is kind of inherently not for everyone. Like, correct. That's like kind of what's going that, on yeah. with like the whole thing of like everyone freaking out because like, but why doesn't he get in the robots like because this isn't a show that's going to appeal to people that just wanted to get in the robot. So it's interesting to try exactly. to take something that's like just like never going to really square with everyone and trying to make it more accessible. I don't really know how like you know we'll see how that how i feel like that turns out as it goes but i kind of yeah an interesting i mean
0: yeah. B- very great thing to chew on in the next several episodes of this podcast yeah, I, I.
2: that's the thing is I, i've watched all three of the movies like, at least a couple times each and i don't know what my answer to that would be i think it's a really complicated thing yeah like there, there's there's points where that seems to mean let's make it a little more for everyone then there's points where it's You'll get to it. I, w- I, I, I would
0: say easier to read what is going on. I think there is yeah, less that's ambiguity. Yeah, Definitely. Y- that's even definitely if the, true. Even if the story isn't like you know, you know, it, it's not an MCU film. It's not lowest common denominator of entertainment. It's not a theme park ride. But it, but I do think there is less ambiguity. A lot of the quiet things are said louder in the movies that they that they weren't and originally. Like Masato blatantly saying, "I think he just wants to you know admiration from his dad. I think he just wants mm-hmm. to be around because his dad." Which like was, you know, implied and clear from 26 episodes of the show, but like, you know, she just she just says it, you know, we worked on we worked on this yeah. this podcast for a year and she just goes out and tweets it kind of thing. <laughs> but uh yeah, I th- I would say that that's probably what he means or maybe just being like, yeah, we're going to make, you know, big awesome films that uh are appreciated differently than this 90s cartoon that uh kind of changes tone between point A to one- and point B.
1: I think I just want to like literally do the experiment that I proposed earlier. I just want to like st- pick a friend that hasn't seen Evangelion at all and have them watch this movie and see what they think. I'm just really curious. I feel like it wouldn't grab have them that much. I
0: have great news for our guests for 3.0 because that was the first Evangelion thing they saw. <laughs> 3.0. So 0. excited for that one. Yeah. Um, I'm very yeah, I'm, excited. For that <laughs> that's going to be a fun episode, even if just for that. But yeah, I I think that yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great things that we can think about going forward with these, these other movies um, and like how, how effective we think they are at that mission statement, but both, I think, do we think it's better than the original, which, you know, they're not done yet. Kind of hard to to really answer that, but um, you know, they're trying to make something that goes further beyond. Uh, I do think they are pushing the industry forward. Anyone can look forward to it. It's interesting. Chris, if you find anyone and they just, you show them 1.0, please report back
1: okay we'll do and also while i have y'all here just because like we are in a unique spot right now where like 4.0 has still not come out like it's mm-hmm. it, it, it was like supposed to soon and it hasn't yet do you all think it's gonna end up being better than the show i feel like there's no way but i'm interested in what you think
0: 2.0 is the greatest piece of art ever made so okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that I, I, I feel like i'm typing this up a way too much for you um but i do really really love 2.0 i think um I think based on the three movies that are out now, and having just rewatched the show, uh, it's apples and oranges. I don't know if I can say one's better than the other. They're just very okay. different. Yeah, I,
2: yeah, I'd probably agree with that. And yeah, to, to, to counter Joe, I don't think 2.0 is the best thing ever made. I do think it's very good. I'm, exa- it, it's, I'm, it, it I'm is...
0: exaggerating when I say that, but like, yeah,
2: I, I, I know. I, I'm
0: I'm trying to help you level the expectations
2: here. Yeah. Um. But no, I, I'm I'm with you that it's like you you don't hear you know. The whole edge of my seat thing, the, the stuff Joe and I are probably both thinking about in two point oh literally had me on the edge of my seat. I'm thinking about one of the first movies two
0: to things and two but I know I think yeah, it, it one of them's gotta be the same. Yeah one um, one of them I think puts you on the edge of your seat and then the other one happens.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah literally yes yes we're yes um but yeah I. I have complicated feelings, like, without trying to pump you in either direction. I love 2.0. I really don't like 3.0 at all.
0: Um, I'm very interested to rewatch 3.0 because that was my original take as well.
2: Yeah, but, like, you know, at at the same time, I, one, I'm down to like it more upon a rewatch. And two, once the fourth one comes out, because, like, like we were saying at the beginning of this episode, it is, you know, any Marvel movie, because you mentioned the MCU. It's hard not to. Yeah, right. <laughs> Listen to the Marmoset Chronicles. Mm-hmm. See how many times we bring up that in Star Wars. Um, <laughs> talking about those, I try to evaluate each one of those as its own movie. Black Panther's its own movie. You know. mm-hmm. Infinity War is its own movie. Endgame's a little more difficult because of Infinity War. Y- well, you try to yeah, do that. I,
0: I think, you know, I, I was listening to the, the Blank Check commentaries on the MCU that they did. And, like, some of them stand better as their own films than others. And I think, right. personally, I like the ones that do better than the ones do. that don't.
2: Me too by a mile. Uh, Black Panther might be my favorite in the MCU, um,
0: but like it's on my top five for sure. To-
2: yeah, so like you've got that, but these we know, and you know, Joe, you mentioned earlier, we don't know exactly to what degree all four of these movies were planned out, right? Correct. But th- I, I feel like there was there's a level of more deliberate pacing. You know, th- these people knew they were making four movies. Yes. These people weren't like here, let's make one individual thing and hope it's it sells well enough to make more. They it sounds as like. You know, if the first one flopped, they they would have done whatever they could. They would have sold organs to make the other three after that. Like that was, I think, kind of the philosophy: is these are all going to happen no matter what. Yeah. As far as we're concerned, so let's plan them that way. So these I will evaluate as parts of one cohesive unit mm-hmm. more than I usually would.
0: I'm somewhere in the middle, and, so I, and I think that's why I three have struggled. Like I struggle with talking about this film specifically. Yes. Yeah. And, and 3.0. I think two My memory of two is that it stands very well on its own. I could be wrong.
2: I think two functions the best on its own for sure. Two could be the only one. And you could be like, oh, here's an interesting take that they're starting here and ending here. Mm -hmm. That was fucking dope. Like, (laughs) you you know, like you could. And that's actually I, I, you know, I'd be curious to hear if Chris agrees with that once you you see it. But like, I, I think that one does stand on its own. You can do that if you want. I don't think the other two you can. And I'm curious how the final one book ends. It.
0: Yeah, which is weird because it feels like 1.0 should be the best at that because it has like a it clear should! start and end. And I'm just like, and it the barely end... anything's different. Yeah, and I'm like, I first I feel like the end isn't that compelling. Weirdly.
2: No, it's it's like a cool ener like it's a cool energization of some stuff from the show. Yeah, and that's pretty much it.
0: And some really great action, uh, and, you know, yes. throughout it.
2: Yeah, it looks real nice.
0: It sure does. Shout out to. To, to CG models of of robots.
2: Shout out to my dude Ramiel, who is many shapes.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Ramiel. Um, what? Uh, uh, one more thought that I I wanted to say, in response to, you know, having all of the stuff on the table, so to speak, which I've been holding on to this thought for that long, and I didn't want to forget yeah. it. Uh, is how cutie honey is a perfect film. Um, and <laughs> I, the English dub is out on YouTube. You know, I'm not gonna try and go back and make a, an episode of this podcast on it um because we're kind of focused on i think the animated stuff that ano has done and the stuff that's particularly with the, the robots shin godzilla is kind of the only edge case that i thought fit in um but but cutie honey i, I had said before previously on the podcast that i thought uh Anno's film ritual was the emotional end point of some of the stuff that Evangelion was like dealing with and I do think like you know it's incredibly effective it's very cathartic for a lot of those themes and like you know uh generational trauma and ano I think very personally Anno expressing his feelings and processing things through the art of creation through the art of like making a film and like uh meeting someone and thinking I only know how to communicate this person with this person by making something with them or about them um i think those things are incredible ritual is like skyrocketed to one of my favorite films of all time but cutie honey i did not expect to also kind of be a cat point on similar themes because what i my my interpretation was like oh yeah you know he makes ritual cathartic gets married and then makes like a, a light-hearted toku movie and he falls in love with that genre again cool yeah super stoked on that but then cutie honey Still manages to actually deal with some of those things in different ways, um, so much so that like the 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 emotional climax of that movie is like uh you know two people who you know are, are essentially the same type of uh who who are who have dealt with the same types of things uh you know cutie honey and the bad guy whose name is sister jill the The ending climax of that movie is like Jill wanting to become one with honey and become an all-powerful being and you know, a lot of her drive is like, I'm I I don't you know, it's not worth it being human. There's no point in processing love because it just opens you up to be hurt. And Honey's like, no, that hurt is worth it because love is the most powerful thing in the world. And she quite literally beats the bad guy because her father loved her. And um if that ain't an emotional endpoint of Evangelion's themes, I don't know what is. Uh and and I think it's, you know, it's it's a very lighthearted, funny toku movie some of the special effects haven't aged very well or i don't know if they were great at the time but um in terms of just like it being like a a very clear easy to read lighthearted, fun hour and a half action movie where you know uh a a a woman beats up you know power rangers villains that's kind of the the cultural touch base that we have for for toku here in the states but um and then has that big i think climactic moment it, it it's very pointedly on oh, in a way that I, I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, but it, it, it really is. And I think it, it lands all of that really, really well. And he's great at doing over the top action. You can tell he did it. So just everyone, also the English dub is very charming. If you're, if you're worried about watching something that isn't subtitled, cause I could not find it with subtitles, but it's just on YouTube. I think everyone should check it out sometime.
1: I'm I'm definitely going to.
2: Yeah, I, I, I will, too. To be honest, the idea that a movie... Ti- I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. The idea that a movie titled Cutie Honey would hit that level of emotional resonance in its themes surprises well, me. Well, yeah, right? so... I suppose it shouldn't when it's auto-involved,
0: you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, like, and, and the thing about it, too, like, Cutie Honey is, you know, a 70s manga created by Go Nagai. Uh, and I think uh, what I didn't know about... um. Ano's other live-action movies, *Love and Pop* and *Rituals*, that they're both actually adaptations of things, um, which made me realize, shit, has he ever done anything that wasn't an adaptation? And he's just injecting his own sensibilities and personal, re- re- like, uh, resonance with a media into his own adaptation of that media, which is a thing that I'm now realizing is extremely poignant. Because even that's true of Evangelion. Gunbuster's really the outlier, because he's like taking someone's script and making it not. A parody
2: Even even that kind of Counts as meditation In a way though
0: Yeah But like um, I'm like I'm seeing him injecting Like you know His personal struggles And uh, Desire to You know Be a happier person And live on Into these Into these texts Like you know uh, The original Evangelion manga Or uh, I don't remember what Love and Pop is based on. Ritual is a book written by the daughter of Steve Steven Seagal, if I remember correctly, uh, about her experience working, you know, on a movie set and being related to, you know, someone who was making films, and which I, it feels like it came directly out of Anna's head if you watch it and don't know that. Um, and then Cutie Honey, obviously, is you know, uh, you know, manga adaptation. He goes back to Evangelion, and then he makes Shin Godzilla, which I think is also like him injecting not necessarily Evangelion themes, but like a very uh, strong political consciousness into a Godzilla movie. And it made am like, yeah, I really want to see Sh- uh, Shin Ultraman. I really want to see him make a movie about a superhero and his dad. Like, I I want that. I want Otto to make everything. <laughs> but anyways, those are my takes about uh, Cutie Honey that I had been saving for this episode.
2: I'm glad to have heard them. Yeah, I, I would not have thought to...
0: To watch it, and yeah, here we are. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so re, just, you know, Re Cutie Honey, which I did not like very much, um, is that three part OVA where uh, I just don't think the first two episodes are very good. Um, the first one being by Amaishi, who just wasn't that great in 2004 in My Humpble Onion. Um, I like it less than Dead Leaves, which is his first thing in 2004. The second episode is from a director whose name I don't even remember, who doesn't have very many credits. And then the last one is Masayuki, and you can tell that he worked on Evangelion. Also, you can tell that Masayuki wishes he was on End of Evangelion and he wasn't.
2: Jealousy venting uh, film.
0: I don't know if it's that, but I think it, it, it's yeah. so similar that it's like, it feels like, oh yeah, I kind of want my take on a similar thing because Re-Cutie Honey is basically the same story as Cutie Honey, but like a weird, you know, animated mirror of it. And I think like, the way it represents Jill and Honey having this like, ethereal oneness to become a God and like honey rejecting it because human love is worth it. Like is, uh, you know, and the way he represents it is just kind of inherently similar to some of the stuff in end of I think it has a little bit of a more interesting take than the movie. Uh, just because like they dig a lot into, uh, Jill saying like, well, if I, if I, if I stay alone, then I can't be hurt. And then actually that's even worse because loneliness hurts worse than, you know, Losing someone you love is basically the, the the thesis of that episode um which the flaw is that the first two episodes do nothing to set that up or make it compelling in in you know before the third one anyways, it's a podcast about uh robots <laughs> uh that's you know yeah
2: no that that's that's good stuff um i i, I, I that, all of that's making me want to watch it more like. Otto has, you know, y'all have talked about Gunbuster and that's just cemented how much Otto is really working through the same kinds of stuff over the course of his entire life through everything he ever makes. And it's, it's watching his body of work is like watching the longest series of therapy sessions of all time. A
0: little bit. Yeah. And I think, I think the Rebuild movies are interesting uh, in that he is not the. The only creative force on the wheel, yeah. and they're a little bit different in how they deal with themes and what themes they're struggling with.
2: That's that's extremely true. Is is yeah. To to bring this back to rebuilds, like I don't feel like the rebuilds are me watching someone bear all of his problems and and all of his insecurities mm-hmm. and fears and depression out for an audience. The same way that the show.
0: is. Yes, yeah, I think it's 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 very intentionally different. It's it, it's weird that he thinks that anyone can enjoy it because I think. That it is in conversation with the original, um, in in a lot of moments, more so, you know, in the late the later two movies. But yeah, yeah, I feel like he wrote it. He definitely wrote it. He's definitely the head of the the creative direction. But um, it is very much like him letting other people direct his basis and his ideas.
2: To to Chris's point earlier about showing it to someone who hasn't seen any of Evangelion, I, I hadn't thought about them, but I actually do know a couple people who uh at least one person who started with the rebuild movies a friend of mine did and then i loaned them my collection of the show and their opinion of the rebuilds was like yeah they're fine fun robot action movies you know like whatever like Mm -hmm. this is someone who you know likes your gurren logins and likes your gundams and was like oh this is not the same as that but i can use my understanding of those things to sort of interface with it and then they watched the show and were like oh There's so much other stuff going on, Mm -hmm. like I Evangelion. The show will always be a denser text. To come back to that question, yeah, it's also just longer.
0: Like it's always going to be denser. To
2: what length, regardless, though, it's it's just denser because I guess not regardless. You can't really take that away, but like he's just examining so much of his own shit under a microscope in Evangelion to a way that I don't think anyone really is with the story of the.
0: Yeah, and I think there's something really special about the show in the way it develops over time, uh as opposed to the movie kind of knowing its tone and its scale in 1.0. Like it, it like the movie is, or the show has its, you know, its its hints of darkness uh from the jump, but like it, it's really the back half when it gets that that, that different time slot in Anos you know, at his lowest point in the winter of ninety-five, where it becomes the Evangelion that I, you know, deeply resonate with and uh, love and respect, e- even if I think the foundation is is good from the jump. Uh, more you know, more so than it seems that Nadia eventually gets to its weird shit too. But uh, yeah, and also something that really hasn't come up uh yet, and a you know, talking about this movie is I- I've heard so- from so many people that like. They just did not connect with Ava until Asuka shows up. And this movie is everything before that.
2: That's yeah, that's a valid point. I I kinda was one of those people back in the day to be honest. The Ray stuff I have grown to love and, and see a lot more in over the years. But you know, I I, I think I think I might say when I was on before, but Oscar's my favorite character in the show. Yeah. So I definitely spent this one a little bit the first time being like, well, like it's good it's not the thing that speaks to me the most you know it's kind of shuffling towards that yeah but you'll get that in 2.0 and there you mm-hmm. go
0: yeah when you're in love with Asuka and like her character arc and the back half of the show 1.0 kind of feels like homework
2: it just feels like you know you're at the start of a very long drive mm-hmm.
0: and I like it I think more than a lot of Ava fans like I, I still respect it a lot because I'm like all right, I'm 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 looking at it on the basis of what it's trying to do and thinking that it achieves that pretty well.
2: Yeah. Hey, you mentioned it earlier. Do you want to talk about the uh, the quote unquote fan service like promo for? Oh yeah. Next I'm, time. I was curious. I I forgot to watch it this time, so one of y'all needs to lead um, on on that. One. <laughs> I, I
0: I couldn't remember when the Kaworu scene was, so I just told Chris to sit through to the very end because I, I didn't remember if it was like Nick Fury showing up or something. But uh, <laughs> I yeah. So Chris, if you have any other takes. I, I don't know if you were done with your, your list of notes or thoughts. Uh, but no,
1: I, I said my piece. I said all my pieces. Cool. Uh, uh, you left it all in one piece. There's, w- there's one more thing I just I realized like uh, five minutes ago. Okay. Uh, which is that I learned that the one coming out this year is not actually called 4.0. It's called 3.0 plus 1.0. And I groaned.
0: <laughs> yep. The full title is Once Upon a Time in Tokyo 3.
1: I'm seeing here Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time. Th- but- oh, thrice
0: upon yeah, a time. No, uh, maybe it, yeah. once upon a time in took your three is a joke that I made.
1: <laughs> probably. It might be. I think you made that joke so to me. I probably.
0: It could be either
1: a joke I made
0: or uh, a translation title, but I. Who could say? I, I trust you if you if you're looking it up and you don't see it. Yeah. Um. It might. It's probably just a very funny joke I made. Um. At the expense of uh Quentin Tarantino, but. <laughs> If, 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 uh, yeah, the 3.0 plus 1.0 thing is weird. I think it's very funny, um, when, in this booklet, in the DVD booklet, they describe the, uh, they're like, we're definitely making four movies. It's 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, and, uh, <laughs> like, they didn't, they, they just did not decide until
1: well, pretty and recently. And they abandoned their naming convention theme, because the first three yeah. have the, like, you something, so not, parentheses not, yeah. then something, and this mm-hmm. one's just like, ah, Thrice Upon Time, whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean... I, I'll probably have takes on that once I see it But right now who knows what that could mean
1: You will not go to Tokyo 3 a fourth time
0: God Jay have you seen the the Avant teaser For for the fourth
2: movie uh, Oh the is it the like Long single like scene of a fight Happening in a place uh,
0: Kinda yeah
2: Okay then I have and I will talk about okay. it I, I have seen it I
0: was gonna say I was like I don't know if that's in Tokyo
2: 3 So It's, de-
0: it's, it's definitely not yeah. It's almost like there's a large landmark in it that's definitely not in Tokyo. Could be. And, Who's to say? Yeah. Who could say? They're just big fans of Brad Bird's Tomorrowland. Uh, yeah. So I'm also I'm very I I I'm curious in the possibility of that ten minute section just not being in the movie and just being a short they released.
2: Oh, yeah. Which <laughs> who could say? Them choosing to put footage that seems like it'll be somewhere and then it's not is a uh a conversation to yeah. be had going forward I, with these. I I would bear
0: very. I would very much uh, believe that they're like, yeah, this just takes place between three and four. Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time they've done
0: that. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So I just wanted to point out that they hadn't decided the title of the fourth one yet until I think it was like
2: that is very funny. the past.
0: Like, I think it was like last year or something like it feels recent that they announced it was three plus one. And I still don't know what that, it means. That is
2: very funny that at no point were they ready to commit to just calling it 4.0. They always knew it was going to be something weirder than yeah,
0: that. Yeah, which is also, like, part of my thing, or like, how much, how far ahead did Anno think? I think, like, you know, this movie ends with a teaser that we'll talk about in a second. But uh, I, I wonder, like, uh, like 3.0, 3 and 4 were supposed to come out at the same time, and then they changed that. So how much changed where they pushed 4 back, like, you know, 8? years basically because i want to say 3.0 Seven is like years. 2012
2: i, I want to say maybe more like 2014 but even so look it up because I, I know the blu-ray came out in the u.s in 2015 or 16 that even.
0: could mean anything
2: that's true or it could mean nothing while you're looking that up i uh have this distinct memory of uh, me- the first reason the first thing that got me into evangelion was mega 64 the uh the youtube group mm-hmm uh because on their they, I, I watched their podcast a lot when i was like 14 they talk about evangelion a lot
1: i'm friends with eric Badur. he's the best
2: yo eric door rules he uh he works at rooster teeth now he actually. does yeah
0: yeah th- that's yeah, my boy 3.0 uh it was initially released in
2: 2012 okay i, I, I was gonna say uh ba- back in the day like they, they would talk about that show a lot like like rocco and like everyone in mega 64 was uh very influenced by evangelion and uh One of the first episodes of the podcast I listened to was an episode where one of them was just coming back from a trip from Japan where he had seen 2.0 in theaters there because it had just come out in Mm -hmm. theaters. No English subtitles or anything. So it's just 10 minutes of him being like, I think it's not that I know what happened (laughs) because I definitely don't. But if I did. I, I think it might be my favorite animated thing I've seen in a few years, but I can't say that because I don't know what I saw. <laughs> but if I were to, it funny. was just him like trying to figure out what he had even watched. And that just always, always sticks with me when I think about that second movie. As
0: we continue to build up the, the, uh, the expectations um
1: yeah i kind of want to try that now just like find a movie that like in another language with no subtitles try to see like like just for as an experiment for myself just like see if i can pick up on what i think is happening just from like body language and inflection and like other stuff
0: i feel like i've watched something without subtitles before but i don't i can't remember now i just feel like i've done that once
1: (laughs) yeah
2: I, i probably have too i uh honestly uh Joe you and I both have the Criterion channel. I would definitely recommend the Criterion channel as a good avenue for a lot of like foreign film that you can do that with if you're just looking for uh mm-hmm. stuff that you you know would guarantee you've never heard anything about to do that with yeah. so you know nothing about
0: the plot. I uh, I like I something about watching more foreign film and, or uh, like film not films not in English is uh seeing that like sometimes they just don't subtitle some things because they're just too conversational and they don't find it necessary. Watching Love and Pop specifically, I noticed that, where I was like, is there no subtitles for this? And it's like, no, it's just, just a bunch of people saying good morning and they don't subtitle, because why would you need to?
2: Right. Are you going to have a subtitle for every person? Just good morning, good morning, good morning, yeah. morning good morning, yeah.
0: All that being said, I do think if, if that's the our, 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 the ending of our thoughts on 1.0, uh, Chris, I, I am very curious in what you gleamed from the teaser at the end of the credits for, for next time. Other than Masato saying fan service.
1: Yeah, I caught that part. I'm going to be real with you. I watched the movie further apart from recording than I normally like to. I don't remember it.
0: (laughs) I don't. I'm going to see if I can pull it up and have you watch it right now. Okay. (laughs)
2: While you're pulling it up, Chris, I will say what Joe recommended about watching through the end of the credits, definitely also do that with the second one because there is a thing.
1: Okay. I mean, like I watched it because Joe told me to. I just now don't remember what I saw.
2: Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You're totally valid. I was just, I was just thinking about Yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah. For sure. Oh, I found it dubbed. That'd be weird. I don't want to watch that. The voices are going to bother me. I mean, it's all Masato. It's just one voice. But it's not going to be Masato. It's going to be some woman i never met before.
2: It's not my good
1: friend Masato um all right whatever yeah go ahead and just send it to me i was gonna take forever to scrub through the thing
0: turn on uh turn on auto generated subtitles and mute it all right
1: i have have posted it this is gonna feel like when i realized that mark hamill voiced uh goro majima in the original yakuza Uh Oh, the fan sort of thing is really brutal in English, huh? <laughs> um, Plenty
2: of answers on the way,
1: too. I think it's, probably, yeah. I
0: think it's exactly the same. as just familiarity with the language being spoken, yeah. to be completely honest. That's what
1: I'm saying. It's just like, be, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I, because I know what it sounds like. and Like, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So these weird ghost things look cool.
0: <laughs> There's a lot uh, of weird uh, shit sure in is. this teaser that, like, <laughs>
1: is just like, huh. I don't remember that from the yeah. show. Wait yeah. a minute. And it's. There's that really brief like flicker of like a screen with text after that. It's like Lilin? And it's like, Well yeah, probably. And now that you said yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably Lilin. I mean
0: if you said it then like probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you know, the whatever the fuck is exploding over Earth is an interesting shot. And uh
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that that that
0: last shot, that girl, I don't remember anyone wearing glasses in the original show.
1: Yeah, yeah, who that? Who that?
2: who that might be strange yeah who could say yeah i i would i would be very interested to hear y'all talk about that teaser a bit after having watched the second one because i think it's interesting what they do and don't show there yeah
0: i'll have to bookmark this but yeah i mean if 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 that's the end of your takes chris i think that's the end of the episode
1: (laughs) yeah i don't have enough context to comment on these things other than like Oh, what's that? That looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Right, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's that's Oh, there's one with the halo. Stuff. There's one with the halo. Yeah. I'm just like scrubbing through it and looking at some of the pretty pictures now.
0: Yeah, it is um, like frame by frame. It looks so good. Like that's like I think one of the biggest takeaways I had rewatching it last night is like,
2: fuck, it just looks so good. <laughs> yeah, it it does. It, it, everything just really like there's a level of, oh, it looks really sharp and that makes me more excited than I would be if it did not. Yeah, That is just a very, like, basic brain thing that totally, totally uh, kicks in in certain points.
0: Yeah, like when uh that first fight in 1.0, I don't think I brought this up, but like when it does the flip and like jumps at the angel and kicks it, I just started cheering at my TV. <laughs> I was like, fuck
2: yeah, I'm watching this movie again! Yeah. <laughs> that was me and my roommate earlier today with when Shinji takes the second shot at Ramiel. Also, extremely uh, good. That yeah. Final fight. Yeah, like that. That carries a lot more hype than I even remember.
0: Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. I, and I really wish the, the the second fight had that moment for me, C- which it's it shouldn't because it's harrowing. It's like mo- it's meant to be like, oh no, is this kid okay?
2: Well, but so's the first one, and the first one has the fun flip. <laughs> That's true. Yeah,
0: it does have a fun <laughs> you know,
2: flip. I would say the same thing for that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're just they just all three different fights uh, that are used for different purposes. But yeah, I think uh, you know I'm, I'm ex- I think I might be pretty excited to talk about two next time. Another thing like the that I want to point out from this teaser is like the the shot of the Ava walking towards the camera with the sun behind it happens yep. again. But like all the fucking like they just go hog wild with the telephone wires and poles.
1: Yeah, it's it's a different background than in the original. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's. I don't want to say it's not minimalist, but it is, like, less minimalist than it was before. It's, like,
1: the,
0: it's, like, because it's still, like, silhouetted almost, and everything. It's just, I don't know, busier silhouettes.
2: It it almost has a vibe. It's it's not this, but it almost has the vibe of George Lucas going back to the original Star Wars and yeah. <laughs> just adding more aliens more, in the more background. More
1: telephone poles. <laughs> what, what, yeah. if, what if they, like, showed the, the Ava, like, walking, like, past the slide and there's, just like, a back walking by, like... <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is a giant space cow taking a shit in one corner of the frame. Yeah.
0: That'd be pretty good.
2: Favorite Star Wars animal, the space. Be pretty cow.
0: Good. Yeah, I think uh I think when I think when Ramiel gets shot, it should say McClunky.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then Babu Frick shows up. Yeah, Toji doesn't become a pilot this time, it's Babu Frick instead. <laughs> We can't start talking about Star Wars. We've been recording nope, for nearly Star two hours. Star Wars months.
0: doesn't exist. Uh, I, will, I will say just seeing these very quick flashes. Shit, I should
2: try that trick on Marmoset Chronicles. These,
0: these very quick flashes of Asuka are just like, oh, God, I want to watch this movie today, but I know I should wait yeah. <laughs> until we record. Yeah. All right, I think that's the episode. All right. We so did it. Jay, thank you so much for joining us again.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thank you for having me.
0: Where could our lovely listeners find you and the other things you make on the world wide web
2: oh absolutely and thank you both for having me because i love you both very much and i love this show very much you can find me on twitter at extreme Salsing. uh you know we talked about other movie stuff you can find me on letterboxd at extreme Salsing if you want to see my uh takes on right now it's just a lot of anime movies honestly but sometimes it's not um i've just been i've actually we were talking about uh hosoda earlier i've been kind of trying to go through some of his stuff i'm just starting to do that um
0: i i started to do that a while ago and i just have not gotten around to re-watching summer wars because i'm at that point in the chronology yeah and i'm just like
2: gotta i'll do that. i'll tell you i think it's still the best one <laughs> i i think boy and the beast is good but i think he, it's the best he directed
0: one. the best one piece movie and i'm a sucker for all the shit he does with it so
2: <laughs> all right <laughs> that's not my jurisdiction so i'm gonna leave you that yeah one. <laughs> it's like it's like that
0: might be his best movie but like it's, you don't know all these characters if you haven't seen 300 episodes of anime. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen a 26-episode show in the first two
2: One Piece rebuilds, yeah. then what are you doing? God. The One um, Piece
0: rebuilds suck. God.
2: Jesus Christ. Um, You can also find me on the Marmoset Chronicles, a show on this very network that I do with my co-host Kirsten where uh, we talk about a very real and definitely not improv-on-the-fly series of films called The Marmoset Chronicles that we talk about first movie by movie and now we're kind of talking about uh, the culture around them and about Laz Patillo, the definitely real director who is now in the Latvian wilderness after having made his eight-movie epic. Um, you know, they're obviously it's obviously a real series of films that exists, but if you wouldn't, if excuse me, if you wouldn't, if they weren't, then uh, you could go to that podcast if you want to hear some really good improv of of some bringing pop culture into existence and also just kind of like pop culture and media criticism in general i i i love that show and i love making it
1: but they are real the movies exist you can find them
2: yes yeah Uh you can find them on all on every streaming platform obviously and of course uh everything we've talked about since such as novelizations you can find those too uh yeah it's a great time about some classic films uh, and that's pretty much me
0: Yeah they just have made that great deal with uh Shlurple Stream you can get them all up there now
2: Shit fuck Slurple Stream mm. I forgot about that yeah.
1: Facebook gaming as well uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Yeah that's the weird thing Is It's it's kind of like when uh, How Verve the streaming service has mostly anime But it also picked up My Brother My Brother and Me It's like that where it's mostly gaming But also uh-huh. those movies yeah, are
0: there And Markiplier made that series about his dog That was weird but Gotta, gotta, <laughs> that gotta, gotta put that strange. shit somewhere I guess
1: Gotta put it somewhere. It's a dog. The the Marmoset Chronicles.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> God. Uh, everyone should listen to the Marmoset Chronicles. It's a very good podcast. Thank you. Uh, Chris, Joe, or
2: Chris? Where can we hear? Sorry, that's not my job to do. I just opted and started. <laughs> thank doing you for
0: it. thank you for helping helping with that transition. But uh, yeah, Chris, Chris, you can go ahead and plug your stuff.
1: Whatever you got. I'm at Hofer Disgrace on Twitter, and I've had to pee for an hour. <laughs> Oh, buddy. We could have taken a break. (laughs) It's fine. I'm muscling muscling through. I mustn't run away. I mustn't run away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But no, my other network, uh, Alien Happy Hour, is ending. Uh, And so we're uh, doing our last couple weeks of content. We had the final HHWF show uh, on Saturday and it was literally the best show we ever did and like the outpouring of love was dope. So that was great. Uh, We still got a couple more episodes of Movie Club and Musicology coming out. So uh, yeah, it'd be cool if people uh, went and listened to to those. Hell
0: yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, You can find... Myself uh, On social media Ghost of Joe Ghost of J-O uh, Go check My Letterboxd And J's And fu- I think it's very funny That our takes On 1.0 Sound identical But our star ratings Are different
1: <laughs> Yeah
2: I was thinking about that earlier And I was writing My little review on there Like Oh huh This does sound similar But yours is higher yeah, than mine Yeah It's like
0: half a star different But still It's just yeah. like Just like uh, I don't know It's like A lot of times I'm like Chris I don't disagree With anything you're saying I just like it more <laughs> <laughs> uh anyways yeah i'm on social media ghost of joe ghost of joe i make uh, a few other podcasts i'm gonna start trying to podcast less uh but uh we are watching one piece is still going my uh my other anime show where i'm rewatching the anime called one piece and my friend jory past and future guest jory is my co-host on that show uh we just started the impel down arc so if you want to hear us talk about um the Rubber Boy Luffy breaking into a prison, and us having zero political commentary about the uh about the anime. Um, I'm being sarcastic. You can definitely check that out. I really like our conversation on that show, both political and uh comedic that we have. Uh, and that show is called We Are Watching One Piece. It is on the same network as this and the Marmoset Chronicles. Uh, the Orange Groves Podcast Network. You can find that and all the other shows at theorangegroves.com. And yeah, I think that's probably it you can tweet about the show with hashtag nervous pod you can join the orange groves discord server there'll be a link in the show notes and on the website to uh, chat about this uh the next movie i'm um, very curious to hear what people think if they're watching it for the first time with the podcast i'm really curious also if, if you're in that group of people i want to hear your takes on this teaser <laughs> um and and how you feel going forward but uh i'm uh i'm excited to uh to do 2.0 next. I don't know if I've made that clear yet. I I don't know if it's I've said before that I like that movie, but uh, that's our that's our next episode in two weeks with um with two guests.
2: I'm excited
1: for y'all. It's it's a heck of a thing that one. Mm-hmm. It's it's a uh, my mom and dad. <laughs> oh. <cool. laughs> uh, God, if we could actually, wouldn't that be wild? Wouldn't that be wild? Yeah. <laughs> my dad would be like, this Gendo guy seems cool. <laughs> Oh
0: no <laughs> Uh I was looking at uh stuff on Wikipedia and I learned that um Gindo in the Netflix dub was voiced by Ray Chase, who is the voice of Noctis and uh the master of masters in Kingdom Hearts and Oh my god.
2: Oh that's very, wild. why very
0: funny casting.
2: Why? I don't know. holy yeah.
0: Gendo shouldn't be charming. Ray Chase is inherently no. charming.
2: <laughs> no, like, like cast him as Kaji before that. Fuck.
0: He would be so good as Kaji though. I don't know who did Kaji, but from what I've l- watched, which is just the first episode, I think the casting is good. Um, I don't know if I've brought up that the Netflix dub has Shenji played by a non-binary voice actor, but that's very cool. Uh, um, yeah, that is very cool. But yeah, that's the episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks uh, with with 2.0. You cannot advance. Uh, the nod is still in parentheses. And uh, I'm excited to say hi to Asuka again. I'm sure everything's fine with Asuka. I'm sure everything's going to go great. And uh, does, are we back to promising fan service at the end of episodes? You cannot
1: advance, gamers.
0: <laughs> you you cannot level up. You are you are you not. Cannot. Yeah, like the titles are. You are not in solo queue. You cannot level up. And uh, what's
2: you you cannot find out the price of the PS5. <laughs>
0: Uh, thank you everybody uh, we'll see you
1: next time
2: goodbye PS5.0
1: plus 1.0
2: <laughs> that's the new Xbox <laughs> it's Xbox 360 plus
1: 1 <laughs> Xbox PS5.0 plus 1.0
2: <laughs> Well, the Switch is kind of the Nintendo Wii plus U if you think about it
1: <laughs> alright we gotta get out of here Ugh. yeah
2: we gotta fucking stop eject uh, Eject!
1: Tune in next week to see if I peed. Manually abort plug.
2: We know we know we know it's another freaking piece of media about the marmoset chronicles before you stop us we know that this series of movies has been talked about and deliberated on in analysis on characters plot cinematography everything under the sun
0: and we know what you're thinking why do i want to listen to these two assholes talk about it Well, we're going to try to come at it from a slightly different angle.
1: We're talking about these movies and how they relate to us and the world in which we live in, a post-Marmoset Chronicles world, so to speak.
2: And you can listen to us make our slow, laborious way through this eight-movie epic on your podcast catcher of choice every week until we make it through them all. Which will hopefully not take the 16 years it took the eight movies to come out. (laughs) Or maybe if it does, send help. We might have fallen down a time
0: hole. So join us on the Marviset Chronicles, a personal retrospective.